Welcome to my mom's podcast. Hi, I'm Marisa Calderon, and you're listening to the Early Childhood Journeys podcast. I'm capturing the early childhood journeys of educators, including discussions and strategies on best practices for children, birth through third grade, and sharing them here for you. So I'm super excited today to um, bring you guys my next guest, and I want to first kind of give you a layout of where we're at. So for our listeners, um, this episode, I am actually recording from the very own Arizona PBS um, Cronkite building. And my guest today is Lisa Cobb, who is the Arizona, well, she's the regional coordinator and she works um, at the educational outreach department here for uh, Arizona PBS. And before I have her uh, give her the full um, explanation of her title. So I was waiting for Lisa in the lobby area and I probably took like 10 pictures and selfies. I'm, I'm surprised the receptionist didn't call security on me <laughs> <laughs> because it's, um, you can see the studio. It's a beautiful studio. And of course, all of the Sesame Street and um, the children's um, mascots are all displayed throughout the place. And my four-year-old I know is going to love seeing those pictures. So without um, adding more about my experience here, why don't you go ahead and tell us about um, Let's see your position here, Lisa, um, and what you're up to right now. Hi, thank you, Marissa. First, I just want to say it is nice to be able to talk about your journey of early childhood and how you got to where you are now. So yeah, right now I am very comfortable here in the state of Arizona, working as a regional coordinator with Arizona PBS, who is the administrative home for the Arizona Early Childhood Workforce Registry, First Things First College Scholarships, and the Arizona Department of Ed PDG Bachelor and Master Scholarships. So this is exciting. Yeah, and I know um, we're gonna put some information as far as how to access that information. I know in my show notes I'll put it, but we'll give you guys the website as well. But I'm excited that we were able to find some time because your position, tell me how, what it looks like. You're pretty much out and about, right? Yeah. Yep. For my position here at PBS, once um, PBS earned the contract to administer the First Things First college scholarships, and then they teamed up with Arizona Department of Ed to also administer their scholarships and becoming the administrative home for the registry, they needed outreach people, somebody to get the news out that this amazing information and funding is out there and available to the early childhood workforce. So first we were really, you know, all of us were active, just getting out there, telling everyone about becoming a member in the registry. And a lot of folks were kind of hesitant and some were very open, but then once they learned about the benefits and what all is contained within the registry, it was just a really easy sell because it's, People are like, what's the catch? Yeah. Okay, I become a member in the registry. I have access to all of these amazing scholarships that pay for 100% of all my book fees and tuition. And yes. I can major in early childhood. And no matter where I'm at, I can start whenever I want to. And I can go to any school I want in the state of Arizona. And we're like, yeah. And they're like, 
please, what's the catch? And we get cash benefits for, for taking classes in early childhood. Yes. Yes. It's really, I'm, I know. It's amazing. I, I mean, and my listeners, just so you guys know, I've been digging deep into this because I'm like, <laughs> wait a second, what's the catch here? What, you know, there's got to be a little loophole, but no, it's for real. Um, so if you are listening to us and you're kind of questioning if you're going back to school, continuing um, with your trainings, your courses, this is a this is the route to go. Right. And I know right now scholarship application. The email just went out to fill to uh, fill that information out for the next uh, spring semester. Right. 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 The the website for it, and I'm going to post it again in our in our um, uh, show notes is azregistry.org. Again, it's azregistry.org um, where you can find more information about it. And I'm also going to put the uh, Lisa's email information in my show notes as well. So if you have any specific questions, she can point you to the right direction as well. Um, but I wanted to just briefly say the reason I wanted to bring Lisa up is because for me personally, it's been a journey to complete my degree. And I know for um, a lot of us that are doing the actual work, like I'm not in the classroom anymore. So I was asking Lisa, I'm like, Lisa, I'm not in the classroom anymore, but do I still qualify to apply for those scholarships? You know, I'm doing these trainings. Mm -hmm. I am working with teachers. And she's like, yes, I I remember like, absolutely. You're, Mm -hmm. you need that information as well. You need access to high quality trainings as well and that reward. Um, so it's, it really is for anybody that's in the early childhood field. Mm-hmm. And anyone wanting to pursue a career pathway of being in the early childhood workforce. So if they're willing to volunteer 15 hours a month in an early child care program that's licensed or regulated here in the state, and we would pay 100% of their book fees and tuition as well. They could apply for the scholarships. Yeah. The key thing is just being a part of the registry and having access to those professional development training opportunities as well as the scholarships. So I just have been in many other states, and this one is, this scholarship oh, model good to know. is amazing. That's yep. really good feedback, then. That's yeah. really good feedback. Um, how have you been trying to connect with teachers through through this whole journey right now with this position? What's been the, the method for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, other than just going door to door, some of the preschools are actually mandated that they have to be part of the registry. Okay. So all of the DES programs and any programs that are receiving funding from First Things First, they are mandated. So they were reaching out to us saying, you know, we have this mandate. We don't know a lot about it. How can we connect with you? Can someone come and help us get started? So our Quality First coaches, First Things First staff have been giving us referrals. We're also working with superintendents of schools now because we're finding that, you know, a lot of their teachers who are in their classrooms and they may just have a bachelor degree, but it's not in specifically early childhood, in early childhood yeah. then we're also assisting them with those certification and endorsements that they need for early childhood. So I think that it's it's a sell of its own. Yeah. You know, when people find out that there's, you know, money that can pay 100% of a master's degree for you to any school you'd like to attend in the state of Arizona, I mean, we've been getting calls constantly and emails. And yeah. We want you to come out and speak to our school district. We want you to come out and speak to, you know, like their entire, all staffs of some of the preschools in the area. 
So it's it's our calendar really, really does stay pretty busy. Good, good. Because I, I felt like for a little bit, it was kind of like a best kept secret. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, we need to tell everyone. I know. Lisa, how can I get you on my podcast? <laughs> yeah. And we're also telling folks in order to, um, remember we mentioned that there are some, definitely some cash bonuses that yeah. they receive. So when they're applying for those bonuses, one of the requirements the first year is that they have to pay it forward and tell other people about this. So we asked, have you mentored anyone in their second year? The first year we want you just to learn about who's actually behind all yeah, this. Yeah. Learn about first things first. The second year, we just really want you to tell your friends, neighbors, family members, you know, other colleagues, yeah. tell them about the scholarships. Because we found out word of mouth is the best way yes. to get things out. The grassroots movement, really. Right. Yeah. You tell your friend, they'll tell 10. They'll tell their friend to tell another 10. And the word has just been really getting out there. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Cause, and I'm definitely happy to help as well continue to Thank spread you. that message. Uh, we talked a little bit about the, the incentives mm-hmm. for registering for it. And I wanted to mention about the process of registering for it. One of the things that... I wrote in my blog, if you haven't checked it out, um, was the last time I saw Lisa, we were at an ADE uh, Kindergarten Transition Summit Conference. And Lisa was actually walking teachers through the process of registering um, and creating their login information. But I don't don't wanna say just walking, like you had the teacher sitting next to you Mm -hmm. and you're going through the process and you're filling in the information. And I think that's something that's super valuable to what you're doing. And I want to acknowledge that (laughs) and appreciate it because I know um, for my position, that's a huge piece that that hurdle of the tech piece Mm -hmm. of establishing your email. And oh, my God, I don't know my password. Well, let's figure out how do we you know, let's remember, okay, verifying your email, Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of times teachers can probably think, okay, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll I'll get to it. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. You can sit down right now and let's get you on the system (laughs) let's get you in there so at least that first uh, initial hurdle you know is cleared for them Mm -hmm. because it only takes about five or ten minutes once we sit down and go through it you're like whoa this is all this is all i have to do yep and it's very it's a very easy process it's like filling out we refer to it as your online job application yes your name address phone number create an email and a password and then tell us where you work what's your position and then a little personal information about your salary because with the first things first college scholarships they do have an income requirement but the ade bachelor master does not and so we we also like to sell this to even some of the parents of those students. Mm. I was at a um, an advisory meeting over at Australia Mountain yesterday, in fact, and some of the superintendents of the schools were there, and they were saying how much of a struggle sometimes these behaviors are with students yeah. now in the classrooms. Yeah. And they hate to even the thought of expelling students, yeah. but they know that these children that are coming into their classrooms are coming in because sometimes their home life is disrupted yes. too. And I know that all of us, if you've been a teacher in the classroom for even a short number of years, you're going to eventually run into that child oh, that's yes. going to test your patience. Yes. And we know too that parents are truly those children's first teacher. Mm-hmm. And if we have, if we can try to reach the kids, but then also try to reach their parents too, yeah. because a lot of times that struggle is 
sometimes just financial yeah. struggles and abuse struggles yeah. that they go through. So when we have kids that are facing a multitude of pileups of these stressors the that ACE, are going yeah. on in their life, the childhood experiences, yeah. exactly. It's it's nice when we can use this scholarship model to say, you know, if you're looking at it ever advancing your career and making a better home for your child, we're now offering you this as a gift. We can, if you're willing to volunteer 15 hours a month in yeah. your child's classroom, we will pay for you to also go back to school. And they don't have to major in early childhood either. They could also major in a related field, mm -hmm. like the health field or nursing or psychology or sociology. Yeah. It, That's great. Right now we will only pay up to the associate degree level, but for some parents, I that's mean, so, that's good. Just, getting yeah, them started just getting them started in something that could be a career for them is, mm -hmm. is amazing. And even, like you said, sometimes it's hard just starting. So we have our outreach specialists, um, coordinators here at our team. We don't mind going to the schools. Mm -hmm. And if they set up a meeting with parents or with their all staff, we don't mind walking them through the process and holding their hands. We get calls constantly Good. and emails where we're sending out tutorials and really making sure that this experience is successful yeah. for them. That's what counts. That's mm -hmm. what counts. Um, I wanted to, since you were talking about the parents, I know PBS has a really strong parent component. Like, I mean, for myself personally, I grew up um, exposed to PBS. My teenager, I have a preschooler and I have a 17 year old. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know for my 17 year old and now my preschooler too, I mean, we grew up on PBS media. Right. Um, I remember that was the safest thing I could put on my TV. Uh -huh. uh, I could in afford cable. And when I needed that TV to be on, it was on PBS. Oh, and I know nice. you guys have a, um, a tool for parents and caregivers, right? The Bright mm -hmm. Text tool. Mm -hmm. I spoke also a little bit about that in my blog, but I wanted you, if you want to take a little bit of time, you want to tell us a little bit about that for our parents or caregivers. I know it's, sure. um, you can text, it's, it's not an app, it's, um, it's a tool that you can use on your smartphone. You text uh, mm -hmm. 274448 mm -hmm. and you get games, tips and resources, right? For parents and caregivers. Exactly. <laughs> I have, my kids are older and I am a grandmother <laughs> and I've been out of the classroom for a while yeah. and now that I have these a one-year-old and a three-year-old and I'm trying to remember some of the songs that come back to me to sing to yeah. them and things like that and games to play with them I'm like wow I could use some help and these text messages come to your phone and they're so amazing because you put in the age of your child and the text messages are set up according to the oh, age I of that, that. So it's child. customized. Yes. And it's in both English and Spanish. Oh, I love and that. Educators, if you have tips that you want to share with parents, I mean, this is a great way. Mm -hmm. And it's a nice platform to get some messages out to parents and and families and, that and just want to idea what can I do with my kid today I'm you know they're out of school for spring break or winter break and you know they need ideas and this is just it and we keep our phones you know like me if you lose and, your yeah, phone I was gonna say we're, we're right so in our connected, pocket so it just works out really well then <laughs> yeah you get a little tickler and it'll come right to your phone and it'll say you know 
today is a good day to maybe exercise with your kid or when you're out just doing a walk, point out colors or when your child is mentioning something, you know, like for the one-year-old, um, my one-year-old granddaughter, she sometimes would say words, you know, say things to me mm-hmm. and just the fact of just repeating them back yeah. is a great yeah. language builder you know for that. them. So. And I mean, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about your, your family life because mm-hmm. um, your journey a lot of people are not originally from Arizona, right. but I know that um, you moved here from somewhere else. Tell me where you were living before. I, I mean, I know that, but tell our listeners. Yeah, I moved here from Illinois. And so definitely coming here was just like the best weather, <laughs> everything, the programs, this new system, early childhood system that yeah. we're building here. It was great. So my work in Illinois, I was a early childhood administrator of a preschool program that was like a four or five star, the highest star rating. Yeah. We were NACI accredited. And I did not get there on my own. I can say that um, none of our journeys, you know, where we've got to have been yeah. on our own. It's just that sometimes life creates these gifts every yeah. now and then that yeah. you get to take part in. And I have just been so filled with so many gifts. When I look back at the journey where I started in, um, as a preschool director, I'm so amazed at how far I've gone. And sometimes when I tell this, I'm like, wow, somebody, when I was a, a preschool director and I was working with a lot of at-risk kids with multiple, you yeah. know, pileup of adversities in their lives, yeah. You know, yes, trauma galore. It was it was hard sometimes to even look at the kids and then to see their parents come in and struggling so much. So reaching out to them and providing almost like what we have now here in the state of Arizona, like family resource centers. Yeah. I'm sure and as I talk to other administrators, they early childhood centers are not just a place for preschool anymore. You almost become a resource for parents and families. And so I became that resource, and as I started reaching out more to the community for resources and advocating for our families, more of the community just saw the good that was in the community and the children and wanted to help too. So the first place they started was to make our program more conducive to the learning that we were providing for the students. So they built us a brand new, like a million dollar facility. And I mean, everything was included brand new playgrounds, buses, um, even a reserve account. So after they finished paying for everything and furnishing the entire building with brand new equipment and and then also um, they said, Lisa, you need money in case something breaks (laughs) down. Can you imagine as a director having that accessibility here? Wow. It was amazing. So, and it was even during the downturn of the economy, like in 2008. Yeah. When other centers were closing down, many, you know, people that were wealthy in our communities were just like, you know, we want to pour into your center. We want to help these Because it's kids. a community hub. I exactly. mean, that's what really And really, when you think about preschools, we're really like an economic develop, part of economic yes. development. Yes. Parents cannot go to work unless they feel like their kids are safe and in a really quality facility. Oh. And so, you know, people were getting jobs, but they had nowhere to leave their kids in a quality facility. And so it really turned around the entire community. I mean, parents were going back to work. Kids were getting quality care. I was able to hire in better teachers, and I was 
connecting with federal programs like Head Starts and Pre-Ks. And so it just was, um, you know, it all just started coming together for the children. And I was so amazed at so you, how much we were able to accomplish yeah. in their so lives. So then that experience, you brought it here to Arizona. Yes. How long have you been here to Arizona then? About three years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I started off working at the Association for Supportive Child Care, which I am so grateful to them that they yeah. opened the door for me to That's move awesome. here because I wanted to be close to my son and then later my grandkids yeah. out here. And so, and then my husband that I married once I got here. So <laughs> I am so grateful for this journey here. That's to awesome. That's Found awesome. Neat guy and got to be close to my grandbabies when they started coming. So. Oh yeah. And then yeah. now you're this weather, you're going to take advantage of it, right? Totally. It's like now they're getting ready to put on boots and winter clothes in <laughs> Illinois and they're, the leaves are turning beautiful colors and it's getting cold and chilly, the cold nights. Well, tell me though, let me backtrack again though. What was your first position? Do you remember like what your first position was? And I want to, I always ask um, educators, like what made you decide to work with children and families at, you know, at, at one point? Yeah. Ever since I, I was little, you know, teachers, you know, a long time ago in my my mom's age group, you know, teachers were looked up to like a doctor. You know, yeah. if you say you're going to be a teacher. I mean, we should be, but. <laughs> yeah, now, I mean, but in her eyes, you know, if you are a teacher, you are really doing something to better your community. Wow. And so I, I mean, when you say, what do you want to do when you grow up? I would always say, I want to be a teacher. I want to work with kids. I love kids. So ever since ever I was since little, little, I always thought that, but I never knew how I was going to get there. And one day I tell people, they said, you know, did anything ever happen to you to make you decide what you wanted to do? And remember I told you about this at-risk community where I had my preschool? Yeah. I would walk past that, you know, it's called a government project, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. going to my school bus. And I saw one time I was looking over at the preschool there and I saw myself sitting in that administrative seat and I was only in high school. and. Wow. I was like, no, that so can't be me. you were already envisioning and putting that out there in the but universe. But I didn't want to do that. I was nervous about that that at-risk population over yeah. there. You know, it was, you know how you see, you know, a yeah, project area. Some, some of those kids are. Yeah, exactly. So me working over there with, you know, with that population of students <laughs> was scary. I was like, no, no. Were you no. always as soft-spoken as now? <laughs> <laughs> I was, and that's why, you know, I was kind of scared because I was always kind of soft-spoken, and yeah. it was like, Lisa's too nice to be in that area. Like, <laughs> got that right. I I don't think I can handle it. So what what position was it then? What do you, what would you say that kind of inspired you and made you think about, okay, maybe I'll continue this? Well, they were looking for um, an administrator. When I moved back after I had kids, I'd moved away after college, and I came back home when I had my first son, and so they were needing a position a director of that program. And I'm like, I don't want to be a director. I, I just graduated college, but I would want to be a teacher. A teacher. I want to work with kids. Mm -hmm. I want hands-on with the kids. And they were like, well, I'm sorry, we only have the administrative position. I'm thinking back, not even envisioning that when I walked to school that day, I was sitting in yeah. the administrative seat. Wow. And, it, and then when they told me, well, I'm sorry, you can't be the teacher. We need an administrator. So I'm like, Okay, I, I I just have a new baby. I guess I can do this. I I'll try. Wow. 
But um, later, after I saw the needs of the kids and how much advocacy they needed, the teachers needed to have someone stand behind them that knew where these kids walked and could really relate to the parents. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you were more hands-on than you thought you were going to be. Oh, As totally. an administrator, yeah. I wasn't one of those administrators <laughs> at all that stayed in the office. I was, because my passion was the kids yeah. and the teachers, I stayed in the classroom with the, them subbed, you know, yeah, and as a them. director, you're wearing a lot of hats, putting mm -hmm. out fires all day. Sometimes you're the, what do they say, the bookkeeper, bottle washer, you're mopping floors, you're getting when the plumber can't get a hold of them, you're plumping toilets, oh, yeah. you're in there. You cannot be afraid cook. to get your hands dirty. Changing diapers. Yeah, figuratively and literally. <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth. And I loved every bit of that. You know, when I think back, you know, and I did it for over 35 years. Yeah, I loved wow. the hands-on with the kids. And now when they got older, they came back and the parents, you know, would say things that I said. And I was like, hmm, I said that when I was in my 20s or something. But, you know, it was nice to see that change in a community. Yeah that you actually changed lives, you made, that you impact. made it. And yeah. so it was it was amazing to see how a, a community could gather together just from one person or uh, several other people connecting people and us all rallying around one support and it was outcomes for children. So. Well, closing out a little bit here, I wanna first, I wanna ask you, do you have any advice for new teachers coming into this field? I'm going to so think about that. And then I'm going to ask you about some work-life balance stuff right. as well. Like you right now with your job, um, I'm sure com commuting, traveling through, mm -hmm. you know, our, our metro area here, our state, going to these meetings. How do you balance that out for yourself? Yeah. And then also you're meeting a lot of teachers and probably some new ones too. What would you say some advice, someone that's listening and they're in the field and they're in that little fork in the road, perhaps. Right. Because <laughs> you bring a lot of really great experience to, to our Arizona early childhood family. Oh, thank you. I, I love the journey. I think in my role um, that I was placed in as an administrator, and I would see new teachers come in and they would work with some of our challenging kids' behaviors and they, they want us, you know, ask themselves, why did I get into this for this kind of pay? Mm -hmm. You know, there is no price tag that you can that anyone can put on changing a life but more important than that for me it was knowing that no matter what package these kids come in whether yeah. they're in you know um whatever skin color whatever whether they're handicapped or not because my son lost his hearing at age three and i think at that point it was just a preparation for me to have a heart for any child yeah. that was going through emotional struggles, abuses. I started working a lot with um, foster and adoptive care. Yeah. I started working with families that were struggling. And, you know, it didn't matter to me. The paycheck didn't matter at that point. Right. It was saving a life. Wow. And sometimes we never know, you know, when I was in... Um, we would do our preschool graduations and we would always tell kids, you know, we don't, we never know what you're going to be when you grow up, but you could be the president of the United States. You could, you could do anything you want, you know, and just giving kids hope. And then one day we heard that, you know, 
President Obama was in yeah. office. And he was actually one of the senators at that time who was walking the, the corridors at the Capitol in Illinois. And he sometimes was walking his little girls through the, mm. through the little hallways and everything. And you could just see people gathering around him. But we knew that he was going to be a strong advocate on yes. behalf of early childhood. Yes. And so, you know what? You never know where your journey is going to take you. But when you don't put up those barriers and conditions on kids and you just look at them that, you know, you're really changing their life. And it's, there's no, yeah. no greater joy at the very end of your day, at the end of your life. And you can say, you know, you see sometimes these posters that says, not that car you drive or the, how big your house is, but did you actually ever make a difference in oh, yes. somebody's that's life? The, that's Martin Luther King um, quote. Yeah, how are you yeah. Impacting others. How are you making a difference? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so inspiring. Um, well, Lisa Cobb, thank you so much for doing this um, interview, this conversation with me, sharing your your oh my goodness, years of experience um, in the early childhood field. I hope that in the last three years you've been completely welcomed and totally just um, you feel the, the Arizona early childhood love. True. true. <laughs> I, I hope do. so. And I look forward to hearing more about your journey. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you, Marissa, for putting this on and inviting me. Love it. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening.